I don't know how God hangs the world on nothing or how He keeps the planets each in place. I cannot count the sands upon the seashore, nor can I count the stars that float in space. But God can do what seems impossible. God controls eternity. My mind can never comprehend it, but God in heaven cares for me. I don't know how the Lord can save a sinner, or how His grace can cleanse and set him free. I can't explain the mystery of Calvary, to think that Jesus died for even me. I don't know all the meaning of forever, or just how long it's been since time began. I can't explain how Christ, who is eternal, could come to earth and die for sinful man. But God can do what seems impossible. God controls eternity. My mind can never comprehend it. But God in heaven cares for me. But God can do what seems impossible. God controls eternity. My mind can never comprehend it. But God in heaven cares for me. He cares for me. God, there's so many things I, I can't answer, and I wish I had the answers to it, but I'm just glad that God's in control and He knows what's going on. So, Right now, go ahead and take your Bibles and go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We've got a few, a few other passages we're going to be going to, but keep your finger in John 6. That's where we're going to spend most of our time. And John 6 is a long chapter. It's 71 verses in that chapter, and we're, we're going to read most of them. Because there is a lot, a lot of good stuff in here, and we kind of need to see everything that's going on. I want you to get a picture of everything that's been taking place and what all is going on, so you can, uh, so I can get this message across to you this morning. This is something that uh, has really helped me. You know, you're, as a pastor, you, you feel like you're supposed to have the answers to everything, and I'm always, you know, trying to figure everything out the best I can. And every once in a while, you know, the Lord just shows you something from scriptures that just kind of makes it all clear. And there, uh, John chapter 6, uh, really, Lord, opened my eyes to a lot of things in here that just helped me understand a lot of what's going on in the world today and in Christianity today and churches. And so, uh, I hope that uh, this message will be a help to you. But let's go ahead and we're going to start reading in verse 1 of John chapter 6. It says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed Him, because they saw his miracles, 
which He did on them that were diseased. Okay, so I want you to notice, I'm, you know, these people that follow Christ. I'm going to say some things about them that probably isn't real nice today, but notice what the Bible confirms these things, and I'm going to kind of draw a comparison to what people are looking for when they go to church today. When they're looking for Christ today, there's some things that people are looking for and hoping to find that are not right. And most churches today have focused on these very things, trying to give people what they want instead of what God intended. And um, the motives of a lot of people when it comes to church today and why they go to church, I believe, are identical to the motives of these people who were following after Christ. And notice it says here very clearly why they were following Christ. They saw the miracles that He did. They saw the diseases that He healed. And so, they're following Christ. And you know what? Do you think if I had the ability to heal some people of their diseases, I could probably get a few people following after me? Do you think I could get a crowd? I'll bet I could if I was healing their diseases. And Jesus, He was he got some pretty big crowds, didn't He? And why? Well, he was healing them of their diseases. Of course, he got some big crowds. And then look at verse three, or in the verse three says he went up into a mountain and sat with his disciples. And then we're not going to read this whole section here, but this is a very well-known story. All of a sudden, a multitude are coming for him. Why is this multitude coming to him? Well, this guy's healing people of their diseases. And they're looking and they're seeing this crowd and they and you know the story. They're thinking, how are we going to feed these people? There's a multitude. And all they had was a lad that had five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus went and performed this unexplainable miracle and He fed that multitude of 5,000 men. Just the men, not counting the women and children. Thousands. A multitude. He fed them with just a little bit of food. Pretty big miracle, don't you think? Now, do you think if I could do stuff like that, I could probably get a big crowd? I mean, you look at some of these magicians and things that are out there that they get big crowds, you know, doing their things, and there's there's tricks to all of them. You know, everybody knows it's not real magic, but Jesus performed real, honest to goodness miracles, and it got people to follow him, didn't it? And often that question comes to mind: You, know, why can't we do some of those things? You know, why? You know, why aren't we performing? these kind of miracles today. And I'm here today to tell you that really miracles, these type of miracles especially, are no big deal to God. And it's not really what Jesus came to do. We're going to see that. It's not something He was interested in. There was a reason that He did it. And we'll get into that. But anyway, after He fed them, verse 12 says, when they were filled... He said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. When they were filled. Okay? Notice that. So, first they were following Jesus because they saw these miracles that he did. Now they're following Jesus because, or now, you know, he goes and he feeds this multitude of hungry people and they're all filled. Keep that in mind. And then, you know, they went and they gathered the fragments. There were 12 baskets left over. Then, verse 14, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again to a mountain himself alone. So notice here, it looks like these people, they figured out, they understand who he is, but they didn't. This is a prophet. Like, you know, this is a prophet, this is somebody who's going to come, you know, bring, do miracles, do great things for us. And yeah, technically they had some things right about the Messiah, and Jesus was the Messiah, but 
It was he did not come to be king, did he? That wasn't why he was. That wasn't why he was there. And he knew they were going to take him by force and make him become king. And what do you all think would have happened if they would have declared Jesus Christ king right there? Well, there would have been a big war, wouldn't there? You think the Romans would have stood for that? Obviously not. And that was not his intention right then to be their king on earth. And so he goes and he he hides himself. And then we see another story, another miracle where Jesus walks on the sea. Another great miracle. They go and they cross the sea and Jesus doesn't go with them. And the multitude saw that Jesus didn't go with them. And verse 22, it says, "...the day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there save the one whereinto His disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with His disciples into the boat, but His disciples were gone away alone." Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. Boy, isn't this wonderful? Look at these people looking for Jesus. Isn't that great? Isn't that what most people are doing today? They're just looking. They're looking for Jesus, right? They're looking for they're looking for answers. Their their intentions are good, right? Well, theirs weren't. Look at verse twenty-five. When they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, whence camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because you saw the miracles, but ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. So, these people are diligently searching for Jesus, which looks like a great thing, but notice they weren't there because of the miracles. They were there because Jesus filled their bellies. They got a good meal from Jesus. And they were hungry and He took care of that. And listen, in America, we have a tough time relating with this because we're not exactly starving around here, are we? You know, There's plenty of food all over America. And here you have somebody, a people that often did struggle with hunger. They did not have enough food. And here comes a guy that feeds a multitude with just a little bit of food. Hey, this guy can take care of our needs. They were they were looking at him like a political leader, isn't that what people look for? You know, when they're looking for a president, hey, who's going to give us the most stuff? And unfortunately, our president they can't multiply loaves and fishes, can they? <laughs> Seems like all they can do is consume things. But I don't want to talk about politics today. Uh, get, get myself in trouble. But y'all see why they were looking for Jesus. Jesus told them, "You're not it's, you're not here because of the miracles. You're here because I filled your bellies." And then look what he says in verse 27, "...labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For Him hath God the Father sealed." Those miracles that, God, that Jesus did, God gave Him the ability to do those miracles. He did those miracles to prove who He was. He did those miracles to prove that this was, in fact, God in the flesh. That He was the Son of God. It was... God's way of showing His approval on what He did. That was why He did the miracles. It wasn't because God was interested in filling their bellies. It wasn't even that God was interested in healing them of their diseases. He wanted them to get the spiritual message that Jesus came to give. That was why He gave those miracles. It was proof of who He was. And so, verse 28, Then said they unto Him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on Him whom He hath sent. 
This is that's what God wants you to do. This is what God's interested. He's not interested in seeing you do miracles. He wants you to believe on His name. Because you know, even if you did miracles, that doesn't mean you're going to heaven, does it? Because there is somebody coming that's going to do many miracles. Does anybody know who that is? The Antichrist. He's going to be able to do all kinds of miracles and lying wonders, but he's going to hell, isn't he? Doing miracles is not a big deal to God, but yet it's all that some people care about. And then verse 30, they said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat man in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, give us, or evermore give us this bread. Okay, they're getting it, right? They want the bread of life. But no. That, they weren't thinking spiritually, they were thinking physically. Bread that you can eat where you'll never be hungry again? Give me that bread. And they, they weren't thinking spiritually. And then in verse um, 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Okay, now, now how many here claim to be saved today? Alright? Y'all saved today? Go ahead and raise your hand if you believe you're saved. Alright? How many is hungry right now? Okay? I mean, I'm hungry right now. He's not talking about the physical there, is He? Jesus was trying to teach them something spiritual because that's what's important, but they couldn't get past the physical. They couldn't get past just getting their belly filled. The lust of the flesh, they couldn't get past it. He said, you believe me, you'll never thirst. Remember what He told the woman at the well? She came to draw water. Well, that was a lot of work back then. They didn't have running water like we do now. Hey, I have this water of life. You drink it, you'll never thirst again. But the difference with her, she ended up getting it, didn't she? She ended up understanding it. First, she's thinking, you know, she's thinking in the physical, but it quickly turned to spiritual for her. She got it and she got saved. These people, they weren't getting the message. They could only think about the physical. And he says in verse 36, But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh me I will in no wise cast out, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him that sent me. Jesus Christ, He didn't come to feed the hungry and to heal people. He came to save people. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And then, um, and let's jump down to verse 41. It says, Then the Jews murmured at Him, because He said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They're, they're mad. What? He's the bread? We can't eat Him. We, he's not going to fill our hunger. And all of a sudden, they figured out that this guy wasn't talking about something physical, and that's all they were thinking about. Jesus had just told them the simple plan of salvation, but they were looking for something physical. Verse 42, And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that He said, I came down from heaven? They did not believe that He was of God. They just knew, and hey, we know His parents. This guy is not from heaven. And they didn't realize who Jesus was. And you know what? Those people, they stayed lost, didn't they? Because they didn't believe. Verse 43, Jesus answered therefore and said, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to Me except the Father which hath sent Me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. 
It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God every man. Therefore, that he hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. And then, once again, these people just kept thinking about the physicals. And I love what Jesus said here. He says, your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and are dead. They did. They ate manna, didn't they? And they died. You know why? That miracle of manna. They said you know, they mentioned that man in the wilderness. You know, hey, you know, God made gave our fathers. He gave us man in the wilderness. You know, Jesus, can you do that? Could you feed us? Thinking about the physical that way, make manna come from heaven. And he told them, hey, we did. You know, we did that for your fathers, and they're all dead right now. In fact, not only were they dead physically, most of them were dead spiritually. Remember, because they didn't. They didn't believe God. They wandered in the wilderness and they all died and didn't even get to go into the promised land. Did that manna do them any good? Kept them alive a little longer before they died and went to hell. But that wasn't what Jesus came to do. He wasn't, it wasn't about filling people's bellies. See, all those miracles that Jesus ever did, were they were temporary. But salvation, that's eternal. That's what He came to do. Verse 50, this is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I shall give for the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves. How can this man give us flesh to eat? Once again, thinking about food. They can't get past it. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth My flesh and drinketh My blood, he hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And Jesus wasn't talking about transubstantiation here, you know, that people believe they're actually eating the, you know, the body of Christ and drinking His blood in communion. It's not what He's talking about. He's talking spiritual here. But people, they... They just couldn't get past it. They're only thinking physically. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him, as the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Many, therefore, of His disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And we see that the whole, it's the Holy Spirit that draws a person to Christ. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit that helps them understand the Bible, understand salvation. And today, many people, when it comes to church especially, they are being drawn in by the things of the flesh. And they're leaving church feeling full. Okay? Because they came to church and they had a good time. But the thing is, they're leaving church just with their flesh satisfied and it doesn't do them any spiritual good. And they eventually they get spoiled. Like God, when He fed the Israelites that man in the wilderness, well, when they were good and hungry, they were excited about it, weren't they? And He gave them that daily bread that they needed to eat, but eventually they got, you know, they got sick of it. And it wasn't enough, and they hated it. And you know what? We can bring the th- use the things of the flesh to bring people in here, and they'll have a good time for a while, but eventually it's not going to last. 
eventually they're going to get sick of it and say, you know, they're going to they're going to want to go to something else. They're going to want you know that meat. They're going to want flesh to eat like it like they did there when they were wandering in the wilderness. But the truth is, the things that are spiritual those last forever, and people are not getting them in churches today. And the truth is, many of them aren't even looking for it. They're only looking for the physical. And so, uh, we're going to read the rest of it in a little bit, but I want to ask you a question. What are you looking for in church? Because what many people are hoping to find today are the very things that they were looking for when they were following Jesus and they were following Him for the wrong reason. And you'll see that after that happened, it said many of them called Him as disciples. And it wasn't referring to the twelve. But there was a multitude following Jesus. But after Jesus preached this message to them, you know what happened? They all left except for the twelve. And Jesus said, Have not I chosen twelve of you? And one of you is a devil. And you know, Judas, the one that was the devil, I, I personally believe you know, he was the treasure. He was the guy that held the money. He thought, man, if I can be the treasure in his kingdom, I'm going to have access to all the wealth. He was thinking of the physical. And once he figured out that, wait a minute, his kingdom isn't a physical kingdom, what did he do? He went and got whatever he could out of it and he went and got 30 pieces of silver. Because he was thinking only of the physical too. And many people today that are searching for Christ, that are searching for something in church, are looking for the very thing that these people were looking for and it's not what Jesus came to give. And many churches are trying to offer these very things. And many people today, I believe, they look at Christ as a means to having their physical needs met. Well, if I go to church, that will help me have a better life. You know, if I get saved, will that make my life better? You know, if I get saved, can I? You know, will that mean I'll have more provisions? And you know, many preachers—that's all they want to talk about in church. Oh, you know, you give your heart to God. You know, He'll take care of all your needs. He'll take care of this. You'll be able to go on the fancy vacations. You'll have all your bills paid. And, you know, they'll tell you all these stories and things. And listen, yes, God does provide for our needs. But let me tell you something—that is not what it's all about. And you know what? Well, that's not why we're supposed to try to get them in. Because you know what? God can provide for your needs today. He can pay for your bills. But guess what? You're going to have to pay Him again next month. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. I'm going to come to church and just because I want to pray that God will you know, help me to be able to pay this. And you know what? You, you might, it might work. It might help. But next month, it's going to come due again. I don't know how I'm going to pay for groceries this week. You know, I need, I'm going to come to church and maybe you know, God will smile on me and He'll take care of my needs. And, and maybe He will. Maybe He'll get some food. But you know what? You're going to eat it and you're going to get hungry again. And many people, that's how they look at Christ. Verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Verily I say to you, you seek Me not because you saw the miracles. Okay, God did those miracles to prove that this was God. But they, they, didn't, they, just, they didn't even think about the fact He multiplied five loaves and two fish and fed a multitude. All they thought, hey, we got fed. We got our bellies full. And they went and they... Yeah, it, it it didn't work. They still were only thinking of the physicals, and many people that's what they're hoping to find. Yeah, many people when they're struggling financially, that's when they'll go to church. That you know they'll I got a need. Many people when they're hungry, they'll go to church, thinking well, maybe the church will help me out. And listen, in churches, and I'm not against it. I am 100 percent for you know doing things to help the needy and stuff like that. But many churches are doing all those things to help the needy. 
and they never at any point tried giving them the gospel message. And Jesus, he did, he did meet those needs for them so he could preach to them. But you know what? Most of them, they didn't hear the message. They didn't get it. They only followed him because of the physical help that he gave them. And you know what? Those people are all dead now. I mean, okay. You know, he, he raised somebody from the dead. They're dead now. They're dead again. Yeah, he fed them then, but they were hungry a little while later. That's why they're all looking at they're looking for Jesus again. We gotta find him, man. I'm getting hungry again. I know that was good food, I was full then, but it's been a day. I'm hungry again. And they're just wanting to find him thinking this guy's gonna feed us every day. And that wasn't why Jesus was there. And many people they come to church, they or they get religious thinking this is gonna make my physical needs better. God will take care of my needs. I won't have to worry about my bills. I, that, and that is not what it's about, folks. That is not, that is not, and that's not why we're here. You know, We're not here just to feed the hungry. Hey, if we get an opportunity to feed the hungry, we ought to do it. Why do we do that? Well, to prove that we are His disciples. To prove that we really do care. But you know what? Many people, once they find out that they've realized they've gotten all that they're going to get, they're going to move on and go somewhere else. And I have seen that many times in my life. Why? Because they're looking for something physical. And so I'm all for helping. But don't think we're doing any eternal good there if they don't ever get the spiritual message. And so some people they think they look at Christ as it means they have their physical needs met. Some want Christ's power on their life only so they can have gain on earth. Now look what they said in verse twenty eight. However, it says, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Okay, now were they saying that so they could go be great soul winners like Jesus was? No. They're thinking, man, if okay, if we can multiply loaves and fish, well then we don't need Jesus, do we? If if we can do these miracles, you know, then everything's fine. We don't need Christ, right? And that's where many people are at. So I've seen that too, where people they're struggling, they have needs. They'll get in church. They'll get their act together. They'll do right. Things get better. And I don't need church anymore. And they move on. You can't find them anymore. And look, I'm going to give you a little secret here. You can follow biblical principles, let's say, concerning money and business and things. And you know what? It will help you whether you're saved or lost. And you know, there's a lot of lost people that are doing good financially that are following biblical principles and they don't even know it. It has nothing to do with them being saved or lost. Because the truth is, there's a lot of people doing very well financially that are on their way to hell. I mean, do you think God's in heaven just blessing them and giving them all these things? Just, oh, I just want to be good to them. I just want to make sure these people are happy. He doesn't care about that. He's interested in people's souls. He's interested in the eternal soul, not the temporary. And many people think that religion in Christ is a means to just having more stuff. And I'm telling you right now, uh, this is why I probably won't ever make it on television because that's what the TV preaching is all about. You know, that getting more stuff. I mean, you know, go watch some Robert Tilton videos sometimes. That guy, he's, he's something else. And he's one of those. He advertises stuff showing all these fancy resorts and things and people on these, you know, luxurious vacations and cruises and stuff. This is what you can have if you'll just, you know, give a thousand dollars to my ministry. You know, God will bless you and give you all these things. God's not interested in that stuff. He's interested in your soul. And we're not interested in that. You know, we could get more people here if we had contests say, hey, you know, bring, you know, you come here, we're going to do drawings every week to see who's going to go on a cruise. 
You know, free trip to Las Vegas. We'll give you a thousand dollars to gamble with while you're there. Well, we could get a big crowd that way, couldn't we? But you know what they're going to come for? The trip to Las Vegas. And the chances are they're not going to hear the message because they're only here for the physical. You know, we can have all the meals and things here, and I'm all for doing that. But listen, we're going to preach to people. And some people are going to come, and they're only going to be thinking about the food. And I don't blame them. Y'all do some good cooking around here. But that's all they're going to be thinking about. We can preach the message, but some aren't going to hear it. Y'all eat next week? No. We've had people that come here, and they did. They visited one night, and they were looking the bulletins. I wonder if there's any fellowships coming. And there was one in the bulletin. And they, it was a few weeks later, and they showed up that week. And haven't been back since. You know why? We haven't told them what any of the fellowships are. They'll come for the food, but spiritually, they, they, they don't listen to the message. Not one bit. I mean, it, and it's just, it, it's irritating sometimes, but you know, I was like, well, I'm glad to see Jesus struggled with that too. Because he could do miracles and things and still couldn't get their attention spiritually. And, you know, we can have the best cooks in the world. And we'll get people in here. We can get a crowd in here, but that doesn't mean we're going to reach anybody spiritually. It doesn't mean we're doing this. It doesn't mean we're doing this great work. These people, they wanted to be able to do the works of God. People want. It's like they want to get to the point where they don't need God anymore. Well, just tell us how to do what you do, and then we we won't bother you anymore. And if we could do those things, a lot of people they wouldn't bother Christ anymore. He wants us to bother Him. He wants us to be praying. He wants us to ask things. Some people, they just want power and influence. Acts chapter 8, verse 9, we're not going to take time to read through that story. But there was a man, Simon, who was a sorcerer, who was very influential. But then all of a sudden, these disciples come along and had more power than he did. And he saw them lay hands on people and they received the Holy Ghost. And this guy had gotten saved, but he's like, hey, give me that power. I'll pay for it. You know, I'll I'll pay for that power, and I love it. He said, "Thy money perish with thee," because you thought that that could be bought. Why? He just he wanted the influence, he wanted the power. Some people they that's why they want the power of God in their life. Well, if I had the power of God on my life, I'd have big crowds, I'd have all kinds of followers. People would think I'm great. I would be of importance. I would be a great influence. And listen, whenever the disciples did miracles. They always use that to point people to Christ. And many people are do that to point people to themselves. You know, if I could if I could just do more, you know, more people would know my name. I would be more popular. But some people they just want the material blessings. And Jesus said in John chapter in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30. Verse 31 says our uh, when I'm in John chapter 6 and verse 30 he said therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God knows we need food. He knows we need clothes. He knows you need to pay your bills. But He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. The priority around here should be the spiritual, not the physical. That's what we ought to be thinking about. That's what we ought to be focused on. And I'm telling you, I was just in a church building yesterday. You go, and I'm looking around the place, and I love visiting churches and going to church buildings and seeing what they have and trying to get ideas. You know, if somebody's doing something good, doing something right, I want to learn from it. But man, this place was looking like an entertainment center to me. I went in one room, and they had like this big theater room, and a big screen TV, and it had like the, you know these like theater seats in there. I was like, wow, that looks like fun. I mean, a lot of churches are putting these nice, 
very fancy, comfortable-looking lounges and things in them. Well, that looks like a lot of fun. Well, I'm all for that stuff. I'm all for having fun. And you know, but you see all that. You know, there. Uh, this same church is, is going into this. You know, it's switching to a more contemporary, up-to-date, you know, type of service. They don't. You know, they don't like doing this music that your grandma listened to. You know, this is more for this generation. And what are they do? They're using the things of the flesh because that gets a crowd in. But here's the thing. We can try that, folks, but I'm telling you, some of these big, fancy rock and roll churches, they're going to be able to put on a better show than I can. I can get up here and try rocking and rolling. I'd probably clear the building if I did some of that. You know, we don't have the fancy lights and effects and all those things to make it entertaining and fun. I'm not as good of a singer as some of these people. We're not going to get them in that way. And even if we did... Chances are we're not going to keep them. They'll get sick of it before too long and they're going to go somewhere else. And chances are they're not going to get a thing spiritually from it. And Jesus, after all those things He did for them physically, He's just trying to get the spiritual message, but they couldn't do it because they were focused on the physical. And we're supposed to try to get people focused on the spiritual, but yet we're focusing on all the spirit on the physical things to get them in. How is that supposed to work? It's not going to work. Jesus did absolute miracles for them, and they couldn't see past it. All they could think of, I got my belly filled. They didn't even talk about how he did it. How did how was he able to do that? He must be from God. It wasn't even what they talked about. It's like, you know, why don't why don't people do that with the politicians? You know, when Obama comes along giving you all cell phones and things, man, how does he have the money to do all this? Where does that come from? It comes from somewhere, folks. It comes from tax dollars. From people paying taxes, you know, man, how, how does he pay for all these food? You know, all this food for people and stuff. He doesn't do it. You know, one person can only produce so much, okay? And he's taking it from somewhere else. And Jesus, how did he do all those things he did? His power came from God, and that was legit. What we see our politicians doing is illegitimate. But some people they just want to show when they come to church. In verse thirty, they said, "Lord, you know, give us a sign." You know, show us a sign. And they, okay, fine, all right. You're not going to do anything. Well, let, let's see something neat again. Hey, you know, how'd you get across the? How'd you get across that sea? I don't know if they knew about him walking. Hey, can we all watch a walk on the water? We can get a crowd if we do that. Boy, can you, if I can go and walk across, fill that batch up and walk across that, we could probably get a crowd in here. But is that going to help anybody? All they're going to do is talk about, hey, he walked in the water. That's not, that's not what it's all about. Some people are just wanting a show. And many people, I just want to see a sign. I just want to see something. And I, in Matthew chapter 16, we don't have time to go into all these Scriptures, but in verse 4, He said, "...a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign." That's what, that's what Jesus said. Many people, oh, if I could just see something, if I could see some miracle, and boy, if we could do something like that, we'd, we'd get the crowds in here, but chances are they're not going to get anything spiritually out of it. All they're going to do, they'll talk about the miracle. They'll talk about what they saw. Wow, that was neat. And, you know, that'd be pretty entertaining if we got, you know, if we got an organ up here and had somebody that knew how to play, you know, with the emotions that's going on, and we get somebody come limping and hobbling up here. You know, I could smack them on the head, and then all of a sudden, you know, they lose their they lose their walk or whatever, and they start dancing on the stage. I mean, hey, you know, that'd be a pretty good show, wouldn't it? 
I mean, wouldn't y'all like to see that? I'd like to see that. I wish I could do it. But, you know, Jesus did those miracles, but yet people weren't seeing what He wanted them to see. What He came to see. And And thank God, there are some people though that they come to church because they're looking for truth. Look at verse 66 of John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 66. From that time, many of His disciples went back and walked no more with Him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered Him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you and you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. He said, Peter said, Where else are we going to go? Truth is here. You have the words of eternal life. We know what you're telling us is truth. And you know what? They were looking for something bigger than just the physical. They were looking for something bigger than just getting their needs met and you know and miracles. You know, sometimes miracles can backfire. Remember Jesus or Peter? Jesus healed his mother in law. Alright? Y'all didn't get that joke right there. I'll have to take it out, take a minute. But you know, it wasn't about the miracles. He said, Hey, we're here because you have truth. You you have the truth. And you know what? That's what we're gonna do here, folks. That's what our focus needs to be here. I'm all for having fun sometimes. I'm all for it. I'm all for doing fun things to get people in. But you know what? Just understand that that is not why we're here. That's not what it's all about. We're only gonna, we're, we're probably gonna accomplish very little doing that. And if we do accomplish anything, hopefully maybe we'll get somebody in here that will hear the spiritual message. That the Holy Spirit will speak to their heart and they will realize, you know what? There's more than just, this life is more than just food and clothing and possession. Hey, there's, there's, there's more to this life. There's, there is a heaven. There is an eternity. There is a God. There are people that are, that understand that and that are looking for that. And the way they're going to find it is through truth and God's Word is truth. And that's why the focal point is going to be in the Scriptures. That's why, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to teach people a lot of Scripture while they're here because this is truth. This is what makes a difference. I mean, I could, I could get up here today and I could heal somebody. Somebody has cancer. If I got, if I got them up here and I healed them of their cancer, but they're not even, but they're not saved, they're eventually going to die of something else, aren't they? And they're going to go to hell. So, what did we really accomplish? What if I raised somebody from the dead? What if they don't get saved after that? What did I really accomplish? Nothing. They're eventually going to go to hell and spend eternity there. That Jesus, even though He did those things, and many people love focusing on the miracles and things, even when they, when preachers preach about the miracles, they're not doing it to get the spiritual message across. It's like they're doing this because, hey, this is the God we serve. The One that can do this. The One that can provide. The One that can give you all these things. And we neglect... Why Jesus did all those things was to prove that He had the power to save. That was why He raised Lazarus. To prove that He had the power to raise people from the dead, not physically, but spiritually. To prove He had the power to do that. That was the message that He wanted to get across. That He could save your soul. And folks, when you got saved, that was a bigger miracle than Lazarus being raised from the dead. When He saved your soul, that was a bigger miracle than the feeding of the 5,000. And Jesus Christ, there's a verse too where He talks about you know, his disciples greater. They would do greater miracles than him. Well, maybe he was talking about 
on the day of Pentecost when 3,000 people got saved. Because you know what? All those stories where you see the multitudes, how many people were there after Jesus' three years? How many people were there at His ascension? After He died on the cross, after He rose from the dead and spent another 40 days on earth, how many people were there? There was only 120. That was it. Only 120. And you know, we do see some miracles that the disciples did, but I wouldn't say any of them were greater than what Christ did. But maybe He was talking about the 3,000 that were saved on one day, 5,000 that were saved on another day. I mean, multitudes of people getting saved. They went and they turned the world upside down. How? By just seeing people saved like never before. Like Jesus never saw. Maybe that's what He was talking about because that's what He came for. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. The Son of Man didn't come to fill bellies. He didn't come to quench thirst. He didn't come to heal people of sicknesses and diseases. He came to save people. And He is still in the saving business today. And I'm not saying miracles are impossible. I'm not saying you can't be healed. I'm not saying we can't do those things. We ought to pray. But understand that that's not what it's all about. That's not what's important. What's important is salvation of souls. And so with that, let's all stand together. I believe what God's looking for